many people are going to heaven, but very few come back to tell us what it's like. In heaven, the colors are alive and brilliant, and the music is exhilarating. This is Bob Boyd. And Jerry Boyd. Host of Issues in Education, our guest, Pastor Dean Braxton, actually died and went to heaven, but was sent back to earth by Jesus Christ. What he describes will fascinate, encourage, and excite you about your heavenly home. The greatest words ever spoken are these, the tomb is empty, Christ has risen from the dead, he is alive. This is Issues in Education. I'm Bob Boyd. And I'm Jerry Boyd. The resurrection of Jesus Christ is a proof that death is not the end of our lives, but the beginning. This life on earth is like a dot in time. From this dot comes a line that goes forever and ever. So don't allow the tyranny of the urgent to distract you from focusing on eternity. It's been said, listen to this, the person who takes no thought for eternity is wise but for a moment, but they are a fool forever. Scripture says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. But how can we think about heaven if we don't know anything about it? Today is part two of The Wonder of Heaven. On part one, we talked with Bible teacher Ron Rhodes, author of The Wonder of Heaven, a biblical tour of our eternal home. Today, our guest is Pastor Dean Braxton, who has a fascinating account of having died but was prayed back to life. This is a fascinating program. Listen to this. For the past 30 years, Dean Braxton has been a senior and assistant pastor, a board member, a youth pastor, and has been on Christian radio and TV. He has a master's degree in pastoral counseling. Is it true that you actually did die? Yes, I did. The transcripts of the medical records that we get say prolonged cardiac arrest, which means your heart stopped for a long time, for about an hour and 45 minutes. And what happened? You had a kidney stone, so you want to explain that? Yeah, I had a kidney stone that got stuck on the right side, and they were going to blast it, do ultrasound to break it up so I could pass it. When they took me in to get the uh, ultrasound blasting for the kidney stone, they pushed the infection of the poison throughout my bloodstream, and all my vital organs started to shut down. And so they were trying to put me on the ventilator or the breathing machine, and when they were doing that, that's when I, my heart stopped. Was it real painful when your heart stopped? Oh, no. The only thing that really got me was the breathing. I could not breathe because my lungs were shutting down, mm-hmm. and, and I was telling them, I can't breathe, I can't breathe, and they were trying to give me more oxygen, but I was suffocating. When you actually did die, did you see Jesus right away, or did you feel yourself traveling? Explain that. I experienced traveling real fast. Sometimes people ask me, how fast did you go? And I always bring them back to that scripture that to be absent from the body to be in the presence of the Lord, and I was moving fast, real fast. And when I got to the feet of Jesus, I looked at him, even trying to describe it right now, um, brings back this overwhelming um, emotions because when I got to his feet and I looked at him and I said, you did this for me. God, you did this for me. I appreciated it so much. Just that I wasn't in my body form, I was in spirit form. And I said, thank you, thank you, thank you. Just said, you died on the cross for me. It was that reality of really knowing what he did to have that eternal life and being in a place that's just overwhelming when you get there. Now, did you see pearly gates or did you see Jesus or what was the first thing you saw? When I first got there, you enter heaven and you come out of this blackness and you enter heaven. The atmosphere is alive because everything there is alive. I remember going through the trees and, and as I was going through the trees to where Jesus was, I remember the tree saying to me, he's going to see the king, he's going to see the king. Mm. I just understood what they were saying. The colors are brighter than anything that I could describe here. The flowers are original color, and that's what's there, original color. 
and yet there's more colors than I could ever imagine, and the colors are a lot. Okay, what did Jesus look like? He's bright. Everything about him radiates love. His face was almost like a crystal liquid. And when he looked at me, I saw the love that he had for me. It looked like he loved me and only me, no one else in the entire universe. And when I first met him, he was strategizing that it's heaven still focused on getting people to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That is the main focus up there. But he just look at them, they would bow, and these angels, as we would call them, would leave. And, and I believe they were coming down here to earth to do assignments. Well, that's what the uh, scripture says, is he sends his angels that minister salvation. So that's fascinating. Right. I thought he just went up there and sat down at the right hand of God, and then he was done. But he was still actively working to get people to know him as Lord and Savior. And so he actively brought you to heaven then. I mean, it wasn't just by accident you showed up. He probably opened that way up for you to get there. Right. I don't think it was planned in the sense of me dying, but he knew I was going to have that experience. And I don't think the doctors purposely made the mistakes they made, but I think that Jesus said, this is an opportunity. And then when he told me to go back, I did not want to leave. Were you married at the time? Yes, I was. You didn't even care about your wife. When you're there, it's more of not so much that you don't care. You know that's eternity, and you want everyone there with you. I came to understand why we grieve when we lose someone, because we were never meant to be separated. And when you're there, you kind of understand that those that know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior and come to be there, you will never be separated from them ever again. Hallelujah. I mean, just exciting. So you don't have it so much that you don't want to see your loved ones here. It's more of you want them to be there so that you'll never be separated again. Okay, now why did Jesus tell you that it's not your time go back? I, I just feel like he was saying to me, I need you more over there than here right now. There was a job opening in earth, not in heaven, yeah. right? Yeah, that's, that's a good way of putting it. I never thought of it like <laughs> that, but that's a good way of putting it. And I knew that my purpose wasn't done here on earth. You know, I struggled with that when I first came back, even praying for people that were sick and I knew that were born again, because I'm thinking, I know where you're going. Why would I try to stop you from going to where the Father and Jesus is? That's funny, because we always pray for people to get healed, and that you're you're thinking, wait a minute, I don't know if that's so good. It's better that you die and go to be with the Lord. (laughs) So I had a hard time with that until one day the Lord just said to me, until their purpose is over with, you keep on praying for them. And I'm the only one that knows when their purpose is done. You know, there's that scripture where Paul says, it's better to me by far to go on to be with Jesus, but it's better for you that I stay here and teach. But he knew it was far better to go ahead and leave this body and to go to heaven. Right. And that's where I'm at. Right now, I know that when my time is up, then I go home. Well, I was just thinking your story is so profound that I'm sure many people have been saved just by hearing your testimony. Me and my wife made a couple of CDs. As of today, we've given out over 10,000 of them. And then also on them, we put, you can duplicate as many as you want. So we don't know where they are. I know I get emails from all over the place. God is reaching out to as many people as he can. He wants them to know him as Lord and Savior. And this is one of the ways that he's doing it. Well, one of the most interesting things about your story is how you communicated with Jesus. It wasn't in words, but it was almost like mental telepathy. You thought a thought, and he knew that thought, and he thought a thought and sent it back to you, right? Right. I always compare it to downloading in a computer now. You know how you get a program and it's just downloaded into you. It's not so much in words. It's he gives us the whole thought all at once, and then we're the ones that try to put it into words 
to explain it. One thing that I thought was interesting, too, was the prayers. You said you were moving very fast, and yet the prayers, others were praying for you, right. and others were moving faster than you were. They were like shooting stars. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah, they were shooting stars going past me, and I went to the feet of Jesus, and they kept on going, and they literally went inside the Father. It's really something to see those prayers and then how he answered them. You know, in Mark chapter 9, the Mount of Transfiguration, where Jesus saw Elijah and Moses Mm -hmm. standing there on the Mount of Transfiguration, and the disciples knew who they were. They recognized them. There wasn't a little Mm -hmm. name tag on them. They knew who they were. So there's that ability to be able to see people in heaven and know who they are. Right. Now, you could have seen one of the disciples or your family members. Yeah, I had believed before that you may recognize your family members when you get there. But when I got there, my family members were there to greet me in. You know, that was really outside of my box. I saw my grandmother, my grandmother Mary, I call her. She's the one that prayed me into the kingdom of God. And she was there, and, and friends that came to greet me in. And it wasn't just the ones that I knew. It was generations after generations of those people that had been a part of this family that I belonged to. They were all there to greet me into heaven. Isn't that exciting? And you said this is where you saw the pure joy. And what you remember more than anything is their face was like ours, but different. What you really saw was the joy they had. It was in their eyes and smile. Yeah, the joy. And they were shiny and they were smiling. (laughs) That's what I saw more than anything else. They have pure joy. I love Revelations 21, 4, where it says there will be no more death, no more sorrow, no more tears, no more crying, no more suffering. Hallelujah. Yes. And that's kind of hard for us here on earth to grasp. It was beautiful. Another relative that I always tell people that was there was Aunt Barbara. My Aunt Barbara was a lady that probably from my point of view, what I would have said never would have made it to heaven. She died and two years she had cancer and she died. I didn't get to see her the last two years of her life. But I know she must have accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because the only people that made it in are those that accepted Him as Lord and Savior. And it was really comforting to see that because I said, Lord, it's not up to us. It's up to you. And you know who they are, not us. That's right. Did you communicate with any of your relatives? Only my grandmother Mary. And, you know, Jesus said, no, it's not your time. Go back. And my grandmother said to me, she said, bring as many of us back as you can. That means family members. So I've been on a crusade of my family of getting them to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And I don't mean forcing it down their throat or anything. I pray with them. I spend time with them. But I get to share the love of God with them. That's beautiful. You go, the center of everyone's thinking was God himself. Yeah. You know, I worked for the court systems at the time, and I had about 34 judges over me, and they were in charge. And so many times I would go into the chambers of the judges and talk to them, and I would try to figure out their agenda. What did they really want me to do? But there I literally had none of that. There was no agenda. So you did not have to try to figure out what someone was thinking. Everything was pure. Now, you didn't come back with a road map. I mean, you don't have a map of heaven, but you did give an idea of the geography of heaven. You said it's much bigger than Earth, right? Yeah, it's really bigger than this universe that we are even in. Because there's no death there, and everything is living. Out of God is coming creation, because that's who He is. I thought to myself, are we going to run out of room? And it was like, how could I think that? This is much bigger than I could ever imagine it would be. Yeah, well, just think about the Earth. To us, it's huge. But when you go into outer space, it's like a little dot. Yes, the universe, or space, is small to heaven. So you got a feeling that it was really vast. Oh, very vast. There was so much. Like I say, it's Jesus sent me back three times. And during that three times of going back and forth, it's, that's when I traveled through places and got to experience other parts of heaven and things. I thought I was going to stay the third time. I, I would have said I was going to stay. So when he sent me back that third time, that was a very sad moment for me. 
Now, were there mansions? Did you see any buildings? There are um, buildings, or I call like buildings. But remember, everything there is alive. There is no death there. Even the buildings are, are alive. So I say like buildings. A lot of times when John or Daniel or Ezekiel describe something, they try to describe it from an earthly point of view, but they're always saying it's like this. Because it's hard to describe heaven, even the substance. You know, that's pure substance. When he says pure gold, we really don't know what that is because we don't have pure gold here. Are there animals? Yes, what we would call animals, they're there, and they're intelligent, and they communicate. Now, did you see any little pet dogs or cats there? Their dogs and cats are there. Oh, good. That's the answer to Jerry's prayer. (laughs) (laughs) Well, animals are important to God. I'm finding that all through the scriptures. God really cares for animals. If you think about just Noah. And where he said he wants two by two. Now, if he didn't think they were important, he wouldn't have brought them on the ark. Yeah. And so they're very important. The other thing is, I saw so many horses there. That really got me because I saw all these horses. But again, if you think about Jesus coming back on a white horse, and you read it in Revelation several places about horses, but they're intelligent. They can communicate with you, and you can communicate with them. They're not things that you can't communicate with. Now, did Jesus kind of get mad at you at the third time? Because I told you to go back. He got more stern. I remember laying in the hospital room later on thinking I should have been blown apart because I saw the power come out of him that third time. And I remember his words coming into me, and I felt total comfort from it. And I felt like a soldier. You know, I was in the military before in the Air Force, and I felt like a soldier, and I felt like saying, yes, sir, and then leaving that third time. (laughs) But was it really your choice? I mean, did you choose, or were you really sent back? He sent me back. There is, you have a choice still. But I looked at him as King of Kings and Lord of Lords. I looked at him complete. I saw the respect that all of the beings, all the heavenly beings had for him how they respected Jesus. It was like, I want to be a part of this army. I want to be a part of this group. And how they showed this respect for Jesus. Did you ask Jesus when he's coming back to earth? No, I didn't. I didn't ask that. You should have said, when he said, go on back to earth, you should have said, well, yeah, you come with me. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the things that I got out of there is that there's an urgency to get people to know him as Lord and Savior. Really, the emphasis was on get as many people as you know to know me as Lord and Savior before I come back, Mm. because that's coming. And I literally saw the love of God for humanity. I tell people, if I would have thought about them, I would have seen his love for them and only them. It didn't matter who I would have thought about, I would have seen the love that he has for them. And so you come back with a different type of attitude of, I've got to get many people to know Jesus as Lord and Savior because he loves them. So it gives you more love for everybody, even your enemies. I mean, you, you just have only love for people. Correct. And that literally he is sending somebody to talk to them. These people that are not repentant, the ones who are still living in sin, they could not go there. They can't go to heaven and live with a holy God, right? Yes. It's like trying to live in the sun itself. You'd be burned up. That's correct. That's a revelation that that I understood that it's been very hard to get people to understand that sin cannot be in holiness at all. And what you just said is a really a huge revelation. Well, Bob had an experience with the Lord, too. He had a vision. Yeah, the Lord came to me, and he revealed himself to me. He communicated. The thoughts seemed to flow between us. And mm-hmm. I had a lot of questions, and he gave me a lot of answers. And I agree with the, the love, though. That's a one overwhelming feeling when you're in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. There is a love like you've never felt before. And when he's there, he fills that feeling, and there's an overwhelming joy. That's the one word I can say. You're right. That's one of the things I remember being there is that 
that I experienced becoming his love. Did you get to walk around? Did you look at things around in heaven? Yes, my body wasn't ready for whatever reason. But when I thought, okay, it's not ready, I can come back, I did travel. I traveled through a couple of valleys. It's more beautiful than you could ever think of. I remember coming here. I live in the northwest up here in Seattle. And on a beautiful day up here in this area, you got two mountain ranges, you got the water, it's beautiful. And I remember my wife taking me and driving me home, coming down from the hospital, and it was one of those days. I was squinting my eyes and looking around and looking around, and she said, what's wrong, honey, what's wrong? And I said, it is so dull here. The brightness there is brighter than you could ever imagine. On a beautiful day here, it seems so dull to me. Now, what about the smells or scents of heaven? Could you smell flowers or what? You not only smell, but you experience everything. If you looked at a flower, you didn't become it, but you were connected to it, so you experienced it. It's more than I could describe here. You got your gifts of the Spirit, and there you you are literally a spirit, so you got more gifts than you can ever imagine you have. Well, it's a different dimension, isn't it? It's a different dimension. There's no time. There's no time. There's no distance. If you thought it, you would be there. It's hard to describe that. Yeah, that's interesting how if you think it, you're there. I mean, there's, there's like Jesus was going across the Sea of Galilee, and it said immediately he was on the other side. So you can be transported instantaneously in heaven. I love that. Then you don't have to fly in an airplane anymore. Yeah, you're right. And, <laughs> and some people say you fly there, but it's not flying. You literally can go as high as you want. It's like Jesus walking on the water. Now, what about music? Did you hear music? Oh, man. You know, I, I got to hear the praise before the throne of God. You know, just even here, I, I lose the words to describe it. Um, I could describe the beings and how they praise, but I, I've never come close to coming to the music that I heard. And yet I knew that every song that was sung was an individual love song. Every song that was sung to him. And it was just awesome to hear it, and it didn't clash. And it was groups of creations of God singing to him. And yet, also what got me was when he sung back to them. He sung a love song back to each and every one of them. And it was like this interaction of back and forth with this music going back and forth. So there was constant music going on? There was constant music going on until a certain point. Before that took place, it got quiet. I've never experienced quiet like that because we always have noise around. I've never experienced quiet like that. And there was this one being that stood up and started singing to the Father, a beautiful being. It wasn't a woman, but it was a beautiful being. This being sung this song, and at first I didn't know what was going on. I came to understand that this being was literally calling all of heaven to praise. Wow, that's beautiful. So were there instruments there? Were there violins, trumpets, guitars? I didn't see any. What really got me was that every creation of God, that when they opened their mouth, they could produce these sounds that sounded like instruments. So when they opened their mouth, instrumental so, so. sounds? Instrumental sounds came out. Even if I did see an instrument like we would think it was the instrument, it would probably not look like the instrument I would think it looked like due to the fact that it's alive. Okay, now here's a good one. Was there any eating in heaven? <laughs> I hope people you always... Know, I tell people you can if you want. When I was there, I was praising Jesus, and I can tell you, I experienced being filled all the time like I had ate. I lived off the praise. You're just so filled with Jesus and love and joy and peace that who even needs to eat? <laughs> right, right. Now, did the people in heaven have any awareness of what's happening on earth? Yes, but you don't have a sad feeling because, see, your desire, just like mine was, I want you here with me. I want you here. Every person there that has loved ones here wants those loved ones with them in heaven because they know that they'll never be separated. 
I've talked to many of people that have lost loved ones or even young children, and I always tell them, I said, they will probably be the first people that meet you because that's your desire next to Jesus. He'll be the first one you see. And then after that, you'll see the one that is in your heart that you want to see. They'll be there to greet you, and you'll never be separated from them ever again. What about all the people you pray for, for salvations that maybe you've never met? Some of those that you have prayed for, that you interceded, they knew it when they got there, that you're one of the interceders, and they come to greet you. They come to welcome you in. Beautiful. I I think it's interesting also that our prayers are actual, they're substance in heaven, they're actual things, right? Can you describe what our prayers are like in heaven? They literally become substance, and I don't know how to describe the substance. I use shooting stars because they look like shooting stars going by me, and they would enter the Father, and Jesus would do the strategizing of where to move on this planet. That sounds like a long process, but there's no time, so it's a very, I can't even, it's nanoseconds. Some people ask me, say, what kind of words should I say? Or it, it, Jesus is looking at your heart. You wrote that God does not forget your prayers. He remembers them until they're answered. Until they're answered. Those that come from the heart, they don't have a shelf life, as I would put it. Angels probably are amazed when people don't pray because they see the power of prayer. And that's why it says you have not because you ask not. These angels probably are wondering, why don't people ask for these things? Why don't they ask God to do great and mighty things that we're not even aware of? Mm Mm-hmm greater things than we could ever imagine. We have the Holy Spirit inside of us, and He reveals so much to us. I was praying this morning, and the Lord was giving me some answers to some things to talk to a person about. But the bottom line is that He opened the door. Sure. I didn't have those thoughts or what to say in my thinking. Romans eight twenty six and 27, it says, We don't know how to pray right. for as we ought to, but the Holy Spirit makes intercession and groanings that cannot be uttered. Right. It's so deep sometimes, and that's what you said, from the heart. From the heart. It's really a heart thing. Scriptures say that over and over, but we try to get into formulas or we try to get into a way of doing things. It's like when a little child prays for someone, they pray, and usually they get the answer because it's from their heart. You said, I saw and heard pure love from the beings who were worshiping him and pure love from him to the worshipers. And it's just a place of pure love, joy, peace, such as we've never known. Yeah, sometimes we want to get off into some deep things of God, but it comes back to love. There's nothing that can stop the love of God from reaching us. We can deny it, push it off, but in reality, He still loves us. Every time you take a breath of air, the only reason the air is here is for you. He's saying, I love you. People need to just long for heaven. I think so many times we put so much focus into this world and we have a love for this world. He says, don't love the world or the things in it. You need to love the things above. Set our affections on things above, not on things of this world. That's correct. My grandmother said, make sure that people understood that this is not their home. Earth is not their home. They're only passing through. And that's why we had you on today, is to give people an idea that there really is a dimension beyond this earth, so that it's something very real. It's not just imaginative. We're not just imagining there's a heaven and a hell. These places really exist, and everyone that is listening to this program is going to be spending eternity in one or the other. Right. And so instead of saying Happy Easter, I would say Happy Resurrection to you, Dean. Thank you very much. <laughs> Dean, you, you send out CDs to people, or you have a website, or what other information? Uh, I do have an email address that people can get a hold of me. All right, what's that? It's Dean Marilyn Braxton at msn.com. So okay. D-E-A-N, how do you spell huh? Marilyn? M-A-R-I-L-Y-N. Correct. And then Braxton. B-R-A-X-T-O-N. At msn.com. All right, Dean, we appreciate this. God bless you. God bless you. 
Pastor Dean Braxton died and went to heaven, but was told to come back to earth by Jesus Christ to give us the hope and reality of heaven. Isn't it fascinating to hear about our future home? It sure is. When a loved one on earth dies, we mourn over our loss. But for them, for a Christian, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. They are overwhelmed with joy and perfect love. For us, they've passed from life to death. But for them, they've passed from death to life. I like that. For us, they've passed from life to death. But for them, they've passed from death to life. Dean Braxton described how our prayers are as real as substance. They're not just wishing, but they're a heavenly substance. They're a request from a child to their father. There is real substance to our prayers that go before the throne of God. So pray. God is working now to bring many people into his kingdom. Jesus said to his disciples in John 14, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. To trust in God, you need to know, number one, that God loves you. And number two, you need to know that God is in control of the circumstances of your life. That God can take care of you. God says in Proverbs 3, 5, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your paths. The Lord God designed and built a universe, both a physical universe and a spiritual universe. What little problem do you have that He can't handle? One day your soul, you, will leave your dead body, the question is, where will it go? Today's program gives you a graphic picture of heaven, the joy, the love, the fascinations, but there's only one way to get there. It begins with a simple prayer. In your own words, turn to the Lord. You need to admit to the Lord what he already knows, that you're a sinner. Then receive Jesus Christ as your new Lord and let him direct your paths and he will be your savior. And then get into learning about him from his word. Finally, get into a local fellowship. You're in the family of God. Enter into the joy of the Lord. Amen. If you would like a CD copy of today's program, please ask for number 1097, Part 2, The Wonder of Heaven. That's number 1097, Part 2, The Wonder of Heaven. And the CD also includes last week's program, Part 1. We offer a discount for multiple copies, and you can order or download or email us from our website. Our website is issuesineducation.org. That's issuesineducation.org. You can call us on our toll free line. That number is 888, the word issues, and the number 9. That toll-free phone number, 888, the word issues, and the number 9. Or you can write to us at Issues in Education, P.O. Box 12555 in Prescott, Arizona, 86304. That address again, Issues in Education, P.O. Box 12555 in Prescott, Arizona, 86304. From Revelation 21, verse 4, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, for the former things are passed away. 